No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. Afternoon and good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are. Happy Hanukkah, my nigga. Hey. Oh. <laughs> Victor, run Victor for troops starting early. Tipped $100. Hey, Boogie, guess Holy what? shit, man. I preloaded my PayPal. Best birthday wishes still and hope the family is all right. Here's a birthday greeting from German Africa. Wow, man, that's very awesome of you. Thank you so much. It's fantastic. It's unprecedented. We're going to have to let's check out. Hey! Let my little. Aha! Ich hab Zoom Geburtstag. Sag fuller System. Alles Gute. Alles Gute. Zum Geburtstag. Zum Geburtstag. Nice. I, I can't begin to tell you what a fan I am of like authentic, genuine, historical German folk music. It really is. Because I grew up with, um, I grew up with all like, not with them, but, you know, in the house, you know, every now and then being played like these old records of like German singers in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s and shit. People you would have, you people you would have never heard of, like, Heino. Heino was this guy. I don't know. He, They had like 20 years worth of records of him, but he always looked the same. He was like, he was, he was like one of those actors, like Samuel L. Jackson, for example. Hasn't, he looks like he hasn't changed for about 20 years. Well, this guy had the same effect. He had an album called Super Gold. Heino. Victor von Schroom, there you go. Heino was Dutch. <laughs> Fantastic. No, thank you so much for that donation, Victor. It's very generous of you. Uh, and thank you for the present. I appreciate it. All right. Now, where were we? Okay. <laughs> Holy shit! Winning TV with the Ninja Gini. Thank you so much. Dropping a Gini on us. Here's a thousand lemons for playing another German shroom video. Well, no, he's just he's Dutch, remember? We just we just got told that he was Dutch. Thank you for joining us, ladies, gentlemen, boys, and girls. <laughs> Thank you, Phil, by the way, dlive.tv slash winning TV. Thank you for joining us. Uh, it seems kind of pointless now. It seems kind of I'm guilty about saying this now, but if you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please by all means head to patreon.com slash boogie bumper. <laughs> become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player and of course follow us on Twitter and all of that shit ladies and gentlemen at Boogie Bumper thank you for joining us uh, so much to get through it's a Wednesday night I do apologise for not being able to stream on Monday night there was some stuff there was things and there was stuff that had to happen and you know we can't always stop stuff from happening but so I had to attend the things 
and the stuff. So I appreciate it that you're back here on a Wednesday night. So much to get through, ladies and gentlemen. So little time. There is, I have a very happy Christmas story for you. We found something, we found something to be offended about. We found something that we found could be an, a source of outrage for many people, but we've caught it like right early on in the piece. So I'm really hoping that this next outrage campaign takes off for Christmas because everybody loves a good Christmas outrage campaign, I think, like the good old days. So very much looking forward to covering that with you. Uh, we also have, un- unfortunately, unfortunately, got some updates in the COVID story. <laughs> Should be fun. And yeah, maybe maybe an odd thing or two from around the web. Thank you for do- uh, doing. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Coffee Talk with Sandra with Diamond. Thank you for the Diamond Coffee Talk with Sandra, dlive.tv slash Coffee Talk with Sandra, of course. Love Christmas, cheer. Yeah. I I never used to like Christmas until I got older. Well, it's not that I didn't like it. Obviously, I liked getting presents and stuff. But then you go through like that angry teenage, early 20s stage. What's the fucking point of this? (laughs) But then then you realise that it is important because so much of the rest of existence is pointless. So we may as well have one or two things that we can enjoy at least once a year for now. (laughs) But I don't want to get your hopes up. (laughs) I don't want to be too positive. So like I said, plenty to get through. But before we do any of that, ladies and gentlemen, I want to show you this. Our our bro, uh, Andre Antunes... Remember the guy who puts metal to the, the preachers, the love preachers in Christmas time, and the random people doing outbursts on social media? He's back. He's got a new clip. I'm very, very much looking forward to this. It's called Get Out of My Car Goes Metal. Sir, can you please tell me where my destination is? I don't give a shit. Get can out you, of the car. Can now. you please tell me where my destination is? The ride is over. You have been extremely rude. That is fucking amazing. <laughs> That's the best one so far. For sure. No doubt about it. That That is pure fucking art, man. I love that. <laughs> I'll put the link in the chat for you. Fantastic. All right. From the highs to the lows. Thank you for joining us on this Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody loves a Christmas story, and on this show, we enjoy a Christmas story that a lot of people get angry about. 
because that's what we do here. And really, that's that's my present. Like, if you could ask me what I would want, I would say, can can we get a whole bunch of people on social media getting angry about something that's really not that important? Yes, we can. Thank you. Happy birthday, Santa. Thank you for the present. By the way, just that, just on that uh, music video, I think the the Uber the, the the Uber passenger the Uber car situation has become like the new uh, mobile set of IRL viral clips, hasn't it? You know what I mean? Remember, it's like remember once upon a time, Michael Moore was famous for getting kicked out of building lobbies by security guards. Remember that? Like in any movie that he'd put out, he'd, he'd be kicked out at least if it, if he wasn't kicked out of three buildings during the the movie. He, he, he was taking it easy. He was getting enjoying the money. He was getting relaxed. You know what I mean? He was always getting kicked out of places. Well, it's the same kind of branding with the Uber car now. Do not get in an Uber unless you're prepared to get famous on Twitter or Instagram. I think now. Everybody's getting kicked out of Ubers, screaming, threatening to piss in the car and stuff. What the fuck's going on out there? <laughs> What's wrong with you people? <laughs> Just fucking sit in the car and go home. Hey, okay, thank you for the lift. Getting into these fights and shit, recording everything. Oh, what a fucking hellscape. What a nightmare. Uh, James R in the chat, ladies and gentlemen. Follow my friend at RealPersonPLTCS. Aloha, let's get pissed. I, aren't you working? Aren't you working today? Is it, you know, I bet you got one of those union days. Don't you, don't you comrade? <laughs> Getting that extra benefit on your union day, commie bastard. Thank you for joining us. That real person, PLTCS, he's not a commie. He's not a commie at all. Um, so everybody loves a Christmas story, and I love a good outrage Christmas story. Here's, here's the outrage story of the season for mine, and I certainly hope it takes off. I hope them the best. Uh, Tim Burton dismissed insensitive nightmare before Christmas character. Now, genuine question. Who here was born before Nightmare Before Christmas came out? Put your hand up. Shouldn't be... Should be a few of you. Mm. People love this movie. If you haven't seen it, I think I've watched it, but for whatever reason at the time, it wasn't a particularly... Uh, particularly memorable experience. I'm not saying it's good or bad or otherwise. I just don't remember watching it, but I know that I've watched it. You know what I mean? That effect. <laughs> Whole bunch of people born before Nightmare Before Christmas came out. We are talking, though, this was a long time ago. The Nightmare Before Christmas still remains one of Tim Burton and Henry Selleck's most iconic films to date. However, screenwriter Carolyn Thompson has revealed the director and writer were once confronted over the problematic nature of one particular character. It's our favourite word, isn't it? Yet again, problematic, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm. You see what I mean? This one's got potential. This could really blow up. I hope it does. Thompson recently, because it's very important. Thompson uh, Thompson recently opened up to Insider about the insensitive and truly problematic nature surrounding the infamous character, ladies and gentlemen, named Oogie Boogie. (laughs) Oogie Boogie. Everybody's got a bias against the boogie, don't they? Huh? 
Nobody wants to get down these days. It's a terrible fucking shame. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> the character, infamous character. I, I don't remember the character. Maybe Oogie Boogie is big in the Nightmare Before Christmas universe. I'm not sure. But I, I don't remember it. But then again, I don't really remember the movie. I mean, obviously, there's a guy. There's a guy who looks like he's wearing a pumpkin, but it's not really. So. <laughs> coffee talk with Sandra with the diamond. Oogie boogie. Thank you for the diamond, coffee talk with Sandra. So I need to find out more here because, like I said, I think this one's got potential. Listen to this. First of all, he looks like a Ku Klux Klansman. Is she talking about this guy, like the main, the lead guy? Is that his name? He looks like a Klansman? Really? When when did Klansmen start wearing frying pans as masks? I don't remember that. I mean, where is the pointy, the obvious pointy hat? Or is the pointy hat a meme? Have we been misled from our history teachers and documentaries and, and popular culture and whatnot? Oh, this is not the main character, is it? Okay. Well, I, I certainly hope then that the one she's talking about does look like a Klansman. <laughs> I would hate for it to be wrong. Now I'm going to have to see this guy. Because people are telling me he looks completely different. All right. Let's have a look here. See what can see what we can bring up. All right. Lady of Diamonds Gypsy with the Ninja Genie. Where did you steal the Ninja Genie Gypsy? She says, Oogie Boogie wears a potato sack. Okay. I think I found him. Let's have a look. So you're the one every... I can't believe my eyes. Okay, there he is. Good. So that quote again from the from the article. <clears throat> I'm glad now I know who he is. So now I should I should have researched before I went into this story. This story that we're reading here about the the problematic nature of this character. And you know how through the gift of time we're able to look back on things that happened to us previously and around us and we're able to judge ourselves and others harshly the through the lens of 2020 cheese, vision. It's fantastic. Man. Uh, Clean Jack, thanks for the sub, Clean Jack. Welcome back, Clean Jack. Good to see you again. Been a while. Clean Jack, one of the OG Periscope listeners. Thanks for joining us. So now that now that we have the context, let's go back to our piece here because I think this is very important. This is in, in very important uh, business that needs to be sorted out here. Okay, take this seriously. First of all, Thompson said she looks like a Ku Klux Klansman. He looks like a Ku Klux Klansman. I mean, clearly. I mean, look at this. Clearly. Clearly. If if you change, like, the bodysuit and the padding and the wide mouth and the shape of the hat and the fact that, like I said, it's full-sized and the fact that it looks nothing like a Klansman, if you take away all of those factors, then, I mean, really, look at him. I mean, he's practically a grand fucking wizard, isn't he? Of course, change the colour of the outfit as well from green to white. I mean, if you change all of that, she's right. Exactly, Monica in the chat. What isn't problematic about this? Maybe that's the right way we need to go about it. 
to make sure that we're, we're checking all the boxes here. Because I don't want anybody going into this Christmas in any way being offended or slighted or feeling like a victim whatsoever. That's not what Christmas is about. Christmas is about love and care and giving and spending time with your loved ones and not committing suicide. Not committing suicide. Okay? So we need to sort this shit out. People are counting on us. Minister of Fun, Kimmy with a diamond. He looks exactly like a Klansman doesn't look. Well said. <laughs> yes. They nailed it, didn't they? All right. So, since Halloween has passed and Christmas is right around the corner, the nightmare before Christmas is likely streaming in a lot of households worldwide. It's a good, nice, nice assumption there on the part of the author. How many households is it streaming in, Bob? Uh, a lot. Yeah, put that to print. I mean, it wouldn't have been hard. It would have taken it would have taken me five minutes to figure out which streaming service it's on and then roughly what the audience may be. I would email somebody at the streaming service. Do you have any numbers or anything? What would you reckon a movie like, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas, what do you reckon that might do over the holidays? Rough, rough ballpark, ballpark it. I won't quote you directly. Right, done. Well, it's going to be in a lot of homes. Thank you for the fucking investigative journalism, mate. You really love your job. Yeah. Really care about this stuff, I can tell. <laughs> However, Thompson's latest revelations about Oogie Boogie may cause you to never look at the character the same. I hope not, because I only just saw him and it looked pretty awful to me. Thompson recently told Insider that the villainous Nightmare Before Christmas boogeyman is actually really problematic. That's the third time they've used problematic in this piece. We are not even four paragraphs in. Three times problematic in four paragraphs. I th I, I'm beginning to see a trend developing. Are you? Are you aware of this? Do you, do you ever feel like you're getting massaged when you don't really want to be? Like the kind of massage you would get on the elbow at the tr in a in a busy crowded train. Nah, no. Don't touch me. Stop it. This is weird. Thompson admits. Listen to this. <laughs> Thompson admits that she flipped out about the character. She flipped out about it. She even confronted Selick and Burton about it. However, Burton allegedly turned the other cheek on the matter. He didn't care. Shows you what a slimy piece of shit this Tim Burton must be. What a, what a horrible, disgusting, historical racist this man must be. You know, The Nightmare Before Christmas came out, listen to this, 27 fucking years ago. 2070. People have lived whole lives and died of cancer in 27 years. You know, it wasn't that long ago in human history where by the age of 27, you could be like the commander of the world's largest army. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago when this was happening. And we, we're upset that in 2020, 20, we're upset that nearly 30 years ago, there was an obscure character in a movie that makes us feel funny. 
it's problematic because that's really what problematic is, right? That's why it's their favorite word because problematic is the perfect rhetorical balance between admitting that you're an unhinged fucking pain-craving lunatic and just saying that, you know, perhaps, and or taking the route, oh, perhaps this is something that needs to be discussed. It's an uncomfortable conversation, but we need to have it, right? That kind of kind of after-school special parenting style vibe. Well, it's a difficult conversation. It can be confronting for people, but we really need to sit down with our little Sally and make sure that we can get through this. <laughs> we need to be less racist. 27 fucking years ago. Thompson recently told uh, Insider, oh, it's probably, pardon me. I went to Tim, I went to Henry, she said, and I said, we've got to change this. Tim Burton said, oh, stop it. You're being over insensitive. I'm amazed they put that quote in the piece. <laughs> it's like, she's, it's like, she's like, can you believe he said to me? <laughs> he said to me, I'm being oversensitive about this. Can you believe he said that? I bet you he's a Klansman too. <laughs> People are fucking nuts, so I love it. I love it. Happy Hanukkah, my hey, nigga. Thank you, Cardi. Oh, Victor underscore von underscore shroom tipped five dollars. Better question. How has Beetlejuice not been considered problematic? Good question. Let's have a look here. You bunch of losers! You're working with a professional here! Nice fucking model! Wow, yeah. I mean, he did grab his crutch racist, uh, rapist Ingley. Right? <laughs> in the fashion, in a manner, in a manner that a rapist might. That's all I'm saying. Thank you for the clip, Victor. <laughs> uh, even though it's been 27 years since The Nightmare Before Christmas made its debut, Thompson is still embarrassed by Happy the Hanukkah, whole ordeal. Holy shit. Thank you. Oh, Minister of Fun underscore Kimmy tipped $5. Thank you. This is problematic and inappropriate and all your other favorite words. Okay. Excellent. It just went right to the end. Did you timestamp it? From it went right to the end. Yes. I see P, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Boys and girls, it's nighty night time. Happy day the clown has a nursery rhyme. It's about the boogie woogie man. Keep your light on as long as you can. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, Kimmy. Uh, yeah, if, there, if it was time-stamped at a certain point, it didn't go to that point. So, But I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, where were we? Here we go. Even though it's been 27 years since The Nightmare Before Christmas made its debut, Thompson is still embarrassed by the whole ordeal, which I, I think proves that... It doesn't prove, because there's going to be people out there that say, well, this proves that she's probably like a little bit of a crazy person. But I don't think it proves that at all. In my opinion, in my humble opinion, for me, it just proves how empathetic she is and how much she really cares. Like, it doesn't prove to me that she's crazy. No. 
no way. To me, it proves that because she's been thinking about this whole ordeal with the problematic character for 27 years, um, for me, it just proves that, you know, wounds are hard to heal sometimes, especially when they're so problematic. Back in October, Thompson further opened up about the troubling Oogie Boogie character. She told the Script Adapt podcast that it was wrong for Ken Page, a black actor, to voice the character, ladies and gentlemen. So she's... This is this is where this is where the outrage. This is why this needs to be the outrage of 2020 Christmas, because it's so beautiful. Listen to this. She told the script at that podcast that it was wrong for Ken Page, a black actor, to voice the character. She's the one who said it was wrong for a black guy to be the Oogie Boogie character, because she believes that the Oogie Boogie character, although green and wearing a completely different outfit and not really resembling a clan member at all. Although, despite that fact, she felt she felt like the character looked like a clansman. So she's the one who, who saw a clansman when she saw the Oogie Boogie character. And then when she saw a black guy doing the voice for the Oogie Boogie character, she said, no, that's wrong. He shouldn't be doing that. He's black. <laughs> A black man should not do that job. That's what she was thinking. Because, you see, this isn't a crazy person. This is somebody who's spent the last 27 years thinking about this problematic character and feeling embarrassed by it. 27 years. Not crazy. Ken Page, the Broadway star who happens to be black, was hired to do the voice. Uh, This is a quote, by the way. And after seeing some of the old Betty Boop cartoons where they'd use Cab Calloway, Cab Calloway's fucking amazing. Don't you dare besmirch, don't you dare fucking show up on in my universe and besmirch the good name of Cab fucking Calloway. <laughs> don't you dare, don't you dare call upon him to justify your horrible craziness. I mean empathy. Don't you dare. That man was a saint. Lady of Diamonds, Gypsy with the Diamond. Where did you steal the Diamond Gypsy? Because black people can't be racist, Boogie Dark. Oh, yeah, that's true. Forgot about that. You are correct. I totally forgot about that. My bad. I'm sorry. It's probably racist that I forgot about it, too. <laughs> Shit. Ken Page, the Broadway star who happens to be black, was hired to do the voice. And after seeing some of the old Betty Boop cartoons where they'd use Cab Calloway to voice it, I just thought it was more of a New Orleans thing, Selick said. It didn't occur to me that it was racist. People are desperate to look for things to attack. Oh, de- oh no. He's leaning into the outrage. Nice and early, though. Because we, what we need for this to be a successful outrage campaign, something we can laugh at for the next month or so is they're going to have to find their, you know, their evil figure to project all of their anger onto. And it probably has to be a white man somewhere in the story. So we need to focus, we need to zero in on him. (laughs) We need to do everything we can to attack this man because he clearly doesn't care about how offended we are of something that happened 27 years ago. You know, so (laughs) this is key, this is critical. We have to find somebody we can scapegoat. Despite the controversy surrounding Oogie Boogie, The Nightmare Before Christmas was still uh, widely celebrated during Halloween 2020. 
Despite despite this controversy, people still watched it. Fucking shocking. Shocking, isn't it? I don't I don't know what society's coming to. I mean, we spent a good deal of time and effort explaining to people why this movie was problematic. And I mean, sometimes you just have to think that you're living in a country full of Klansmen, full of racists. Because despite our protestations and despite explaining how this character made us feel, people still engaged in watching the film. I mean, if, if only there was some way we could prevent them from watching it. And that would show them just how uh, correct we are if we could do that. I mean, think of the children, right? Must think of the children. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, my my sincere hope for an outrage story this Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Tim Burton dismissed insensitive nightmare before Christmas character. Well, I'm going to keep an eye on that one. I want to see it trending at some point. Please. All right. Speaking of trending, speaking of Twitter, speaking of outrage, here on the Daily Boogie, ladies and gentlemen, we like to keep you up to date with things that are happening. We like to keep you up to date with what the appropriate opinions are. Because we don't want you getting caught unawares. We don't we don't want you getting caught out there, getting caught in the trap. So we advocate educating people here. Consider this some kind of a re-education camp for Twitter use. <clears throat> now, we have lost a friend of the program, Nightwave Radio, over the last 24 hours, ladies and gentlemen. Now, we don't endorse the banning of anybody off Twitter, but I think, you know, in these in these moments, it's on, it's on the rest of us to reflect on our own behaviour and make sure that we're not breaking any rules, right? Because we want to behave ourselves. I mean, it is a private, private company after all. And we must behave ourselves and do the right thing, make sure we don't step on any little rhetorical landmines out there on the internet, okay? And so this is the place we're going to learn, thanks to the good people at CNBC. Let's have a look. Twitter is expanding its misinformation policy around vaccines. Oh, Twitter saying it will remove tweets based on... Good. It's expanding its policy. This is fantastic. Finally, I hear I hear you say in the chat. Expanding its misinformation policy. Okay, it's expanding its misinformation policy. Good, this is fantastic. I love this. Minister of Fun, Kimmy with a diamond. I don't even. I didn't even know he was sick. Very well, well done. <laughs> Tip the hat to Lois Ropez with Way Dave. Um. So yeah, this is fantastic. We're, we're expanding the misinformation policy, ladies and gentlemen, here at Twitter. So this is good to know. This is why we need to watch this stuff, so we can know the rules that we are uh, not allowed to break, the important rules. Let's have a look. The around vaccines, Twitter saying it will remove tweets based on three main points. Any claims that suggest vaccines are used to harm and invoke conspiracies, tweets that have been debunked about the effects of vaccines, and any tweets that claim COVID is not real or serious and therefore vaccines are unnecessary. The company saying that starting early next year, it may place a warning on tweets that advance any unsubstantiated rumors about vaccines, and that would be linking those warnings to some accurate information, public health and information. Guys, back over to you. Sounds good, huh? <laughs> I'm I'm very happy about this. 
because I mean, look at look at the policy here. Twitter will remove false claims that quote. This is my favorite one. Um, they they start they open up strong here. They will remove claims that invoke conspiracy theories. Do you notice the language? Do you notice the term being used here? We've often spoken about on this program, you know, people complain about people complain about these platforms having very ambiguous rules to follow, ambiguous terms of service. And we've always said on the show, yes, but they're they're made ambiguous for a reason, right? It's done on purpose. Because if people don't know where the line is, they're not going to look for ways to get around the line, right? If if people know where the line is, if they came out and made a strong statement and said, okay, look, these words are banned, and if you use these words, you're gone. If you post this, you're out of here. They could do that if they wanted to. But if they do that, then there's going to be millions of people, shit posters and the like, who will just look for ways to get around that rule. They'll just look for ways to say what you're not allowed to say, but still without saying it. You know what I mean? So instead of doing hard and fast rules, what they do, what they prefer is to keep the rules ambiguous. And then whenever something is going off, like whenever something's cracking along, they can just donk it on the head. And they say, well, no, it violated this policy we have of invoking conspiracy theories. Now, the reason why I'm focusing so hard on this term invoke is because that's different from just cite, that's different from just talking about a conspiracy theory, right? That's different. That's a totally different thing. If you spread, if they said spread conspiracy theories or peddle conspiracy theories is another term they like to use, peddle a lot, because it diminishes whoever they're talking about. Oh, he's peddling his, his propaganda. You could be explaining a, a you know a very fact-checked and logically um, sound point to them. It doesn't matter. You know, say you're peddling something, and then instantly you think of uh, a hobo trying to sell watches on a street corner, right? So it's kept ambiguous because they can just donk things on the head, and I'll say, "Look, well, no, it's violated our." Uh, invoking conspiracies report because then they don't really have to explain to anybody why they're doing it. So they're using the term invoke. So that means if you say something that somebody else then then turns into a conspiracy theory, right? Because that's invoking something. You know, I'm doing a little dance in the in the cornfield to invoke the rain season. So you might not even you might not even be spreading the conspiracy yourself. You might just you might be talking about like one element of it. You know how we often say things like that with conspiracy theories, for example, it's usually the conclusion that you have a problem with, but you can you can inject a whole bunch of undisputed facts into a conspiracy theory. It's what people do with those facts and where they place them in the story that ends up being the conspiracy or not, right? But so if you're if you can be banned for invoking conspiracy theories, that means you could just be discussing one element of something which may even be factual. But because people turn that into a conspiracy theory, you're out of there. It's fucking good. Thank you for keeping me safe, Twitter. This is very good news. I feel so much safer. And I mean, let's be honest here. 
I think we can all agree that we prefer the protection of what comes with making sure that anything that could potentially or that's been debunked, for example, in the scientific community. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you're with me. We feel so much more protected by this, knowing that uh, other perhaps conflicting information is being stopped at the front gate. It's not even being allowed into the parking lot. I think that's so much better for everybody. You know, to have a small amount of people controlling, you know, the nature of reality, I think is just beautiful. Because it means I don't have to think about it. I can think less now. And that's something I've been looking forward to for a long time. <laughs> Thinking less and less and less. It's beautiful. So thank you for keeping me safe, Twitter. Uh, speaking on debunk conspiracy theories, incidentally, I caught this on NPR. This is, You're going to love this. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. I'll see you now. You are absolutely going to love this. Right-wing embrace of conspiracy is mass radicalization, experts warn. And there are some people with guns and masks. At least, hey, look, they're being COVID safe. Should give them a fucking medal. Thank you, boys. Patriots keeping us COVID safe. The widespread embrace of conspiracy and disinformation amounts to a mass radicalization of Americans and increases the risk of right-wing violence. Veteran security officials and terrorism researchers warn. You're going to be the... <laughs> you're now... <laughs> Remember for the last six months how we've been ignoring basically cities burning to the ground? <laughs> Remember that? You have, you have an armed militia uh, taking up residence in a foreclosed home in Portland and barricading the streets around said home. But the real danger here is the right-wing radicalization through conspiracy theories, such as, you know, various theories about, you know, say vaccines or election results, things of this nature. <laughs> so people... <laughs> People are in danger now because of these the prevalence of these conspiracy theories. <clears throat> People are in danger now of becoming radicalised. And when they become radicalised, they become, ladies and gentlemen, they become terrorists. So the widespread embrace of conspiracy th uh, and disinformation amounts to a mass radicalization of Americans and increase the risks of right-wing violence, veteran security officials and terrorism experts warn. At conferences, in op-ed pizzas, and agency meetings, domestic terrorism analysts are raising concern. I'm good. I'm glad somebody's getting concerned about this. This is important. <laughs> Premier 17. Thank you for joining us, Premier 17. One of my Russ friendos. Good. Let's do this. Tired of waiting. <laughs> just had enough, huh? Just give it. Just give it the band-aid treatment. Just, all right. Right off. Stop fucking around. There's only four. There's only so much foreplay a guy can take. Stop being a fucking dick tease, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling is out there, but at least people are raising concerns. Don't you think that that's at least soothing in some way? You know, we don't have to go. We don't have to go full blown civil war. There are people out there with concerns, and they are raising them in the appropriate settings. So can't be that bad. 
At conferences in op-ed pieces and agency meetings, domestic terrorism analysts are raising concern about the security implications of millions of conservatives buying into baseless right-wing claims, they say. Baseless right-wing claims. They say the line between mainstream and fringe is vanishing, with conspiracy-minded Republicans now marching alongside armed extremists at rallies across the country. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Disparate factions on the right are coalescing into one side, analysts say. Self-proclaimed real Americans, that's in quotation marks, by the way, who are cocooned in their own news outlets, their own social media networks, and ultimately their own truth. <laughs> fucking balls on these people man didn't you didn't you just spend like the last two years boasting about removing you're boasting about removing people off twitter now today we just watched the video from cnbc finally they're getting rid of all these people i mean look look at some of these comments here (laughs) under this thing look at this look at this guy about time, I've been trying to report some of these fools for months, and there's really no good category for flagging these comments. Um, this guy, Victor von Rosenthal. Twitter is expanding its misinformation policy around vaccines. Invoke conspiracy theories, debunked claims about vaccines. These people are all very happy. Very happy. That, you know, things questioning aspects of the vaccine or COVID-19 or the election, that'll be next. People questioning aspects of this should just be removed from the conversation. It's not worth it. They're dangerous. They're extremists. They're creating terrorists, ladies and gentlemen. Do you see the, the do you see how the jump here really isn't that far? See how quickly people are willing to just dispense with any notion they have of any, you know, fairness and justice and other things that they like to, to post on Facebook about, and see how very quickly they can be swooped up into a fucking into an energy, and next thing you know, they're like, oh, we'll just fucking get rid of them. Fuck them. Who cares? They're they're only terrorists anyway. It's time for us to stand up, right? It's just it goes that quickly, like a like a bushfire in a, on a very fucking hot, windy day. It's just. Next thing you know, all the koalas are dead. They say the the line between mainstream and fringe is vanishing, with conspiracy-minded Republicans now marching alongside armed extremist rallies. Disparate factions on the right are coalescing into one side. They are cocooned in their own news outlets, their own social media networks, and ultimately their own truth. (laughs) So... They boast about banning people off Twitter and they say, why don't you just go and make your own platform? Why don't you just go start your own platform? Minister of Fun Kemi with a diamond. Right-wing extremists have a habit of getting sta- of getting stabby rude. Ooh, all right, that sounds like a threat. Can somebody please remove Kimmy from the chat for threatening everybody with a knife, please? <laughs> don't, don't do that. Don't remove Kimmy from the chat. Do not remove Kimmy from the chat. <laughs> So they've, they've kicked everybody off off Twitter and now they're like, well, why don't you go fucking make your own platform then, huh? Huh? I'd like to see you do it. I'd like to see you try and run a platform. Off you go then. Go and make your own fucking platform. So after they've removed all these people, the people go and then make their own platforms, be it, you know, Twitter 
or uh, pardon me, not Twitter, be it mum, uh, Mumblet, for example, or Gab, or uh, Pure Social Network, for example, or Parler, right? People have gone off and made their own platforms. And now that they have, these platforms are now a dangerous cocooning of false truth, which will lead, you know, undoubtedly to domestic terrorism. That's how quickly that fucking escalated. <laughs> thank, thank you for keeping me safe, Twitter. Uh, do, Twitter, are you admitting that you're basically responsible for white extremist fucking terrorism now because you banned all these people off social media? Is that what you're saying, Jack? Huh? Is that what you're saying? It should be. <laughs> Breaking through that echo chamber. Oh, hang on. I'm missing a bit here. They added there's no easy foil for right-wing propaganda efforts that amplify fears and grievances on a non-stop loop. It sounds very corporate media to me. Sounds very, sounds not too dissimilar to what you do here on NPR. I'm struggling to see the difference. I agree with the person who made the earlier point in the article. They're right. Corporate media and fringe media is getting blurred. The line between the two is getting harder to see. Because if you watch as much corporate media as I do, purely for material, you'll see that they really are doing what they describe here. They added, there's no easy foil for a right-wing propaganda effort that amplifies fears and grievances on a non-stop loop. That's what the corporate media does. It amplifies fears and grievances on a non-stop loop. The article continues, those beliefs already have inspired political violence at protests over lockdowns and racial injustice. You were rioting over your lockdown. You're going to become a right-wing extremist terrorist. The other people, there was ju- there, there was political violence there from the right. Remember when they said that the uh, BLM activists who were setting fire to things and throwing Molotov cocktails at police cars and stuff, do you remember when they said that they were actually white supremacist infiltrators? Remember that? So this is how much you have to unwind. When you come up against people and they say things... You know, like, that are clearly wrong, but they genuinely believe it. This is, like, just a peak. This is a window of how much of their belief structure you have to break down before you can even begin making sense to them, right? Because there are people out there who genuinely believe that any violence they saw over the last six months when the buildings were burning down and the riots and, you know, like I said, Molotov cocktails being thrown at police cars, bricks through windows of CNN and the like, there will be people out there who genuinely believe that any of those incidents uh, which they which they encountered purely came from right-wing extremist terrorists trying to make the movement look bad. That's That will be their genuine belief. Based on what they've seen, they maybe saw two or three experts on CNN and NPR and an op-ed piece in the New York Times, and that was enough to cement the belief. Right? That's, it, you can't even begin to make sense to a person like that. And it's not, you know, it's just the way it goes. It doesn't mean they're a bad person or anything necessarily. Sometimes it does, but not all the time. It's just like, well, that's what they know. Political conspiracies drew thousands to last weekend's pro-Trump rally, after which the Proud Boys and other, and other violent extremist groups wreaked havoc in downtown Washington, D.C. The Proud Boys and other violent extremist groups. 
Oh, God. Like I said, we've just spent six months watching violent extremist groups. I mean, please. But here we go. Everybody knows what is happening here. Everybody knows this stuff now. Breaking through that echo chamber is critical, or else we'll see more violence, said Elizabeth Newman. Elizabeth Newman who in April resigned her post leading the Department of Homeland Security office that oversees responses to violent extremism. While it's impossible to pin down the scope of such beliefs, analysts say, here's the analysts again, thank God for the fucking analysts. They really are the heroes of COVID. They really are the ones. They're essential. While it's impossible to pin down the scope of such beliefs, analysts say the numbers are staggering if even a fraction of President Trump's more than 74 million voters support bogus claims that say, for example, the election Ring was the rigged. Bell and get your cheese, man. <laughs> Thank you for the sub, Rice Man. Thank you, Rice Man. Thank you for the sub, Ice Man. Rusty, double four, double three. Thank you for joining us. DLive.tv, by the way, everybody, Rusty. <laughs> Have a listen to this again. While it's impossible to pin down the scope of such belief, Analysts say the numbers are staggering. If even a fraction of President Trump's more than 74 million voters support bogus claims, they say, for example, the election was rigged, that coronavirus is a hoax, and liberals are hatching, are hatching a socialist takeover, ladies and gentlemen. Ho -ho! How about that? If you believe that there are socialists in the United States now working to, you know, become the, the, the most powerful force in American politics, you are essentially, right, you are at risk of becoming a white extremist terrorist, according to this person. Wow. Because, see, if you believe in those bogus claims, then you're probably going to be a terrorist one day. <laughs> I told you it was fucking good. The election was rigged. Uh-oh. Looks like we got another terrorist on here. We bet you know what we should do? We should make sure anybody who's out there questioning things like election results or coronavirus uh lockdowns or you know crazy crazy things like say uh socialist political goals <laughs> then I, not only should they be removed from social media immediately, this is what I genuinely believe, <laughs> but they should, they should also, I think they should be put on some kind of list, for example. Some kind of list. Like, say it's a, a watch list. Maybe that's a little too harsh. Maybe like a no-fly list, something like that. Just to keep these people grounded, just to keep them, you know, we've got to keep our eye on them. <laughs> because if they believe things like, for example, that, uh, socialist political aims entail things like taking over the government. If they imply heinous and harmful conspiracy theories like this, then I think they probably deserve to have their freedom taken away from them, don't you think? Uh, that's what I think. I mean, we need to get serious here. <laughs> this is very serious. Traffic numbers for right-wing outlets, the article continues. And live streams suggest the support extends well beyond the margins. Oh, yeah, they're coming after the live streamers. Recent polls also uh, also signal the spread. One survey found that around 77% of Trump supporters believe that Joe Biden won the election 
as a result of fraud despite no evidence to support that claim. None. At the online conference, participants characterised the shift as a mass radicalisation. So here you have here you have a, a conference. You have a room full of people who all agree with each other. These people are expert analysts. Okay, so you have a room of expert analysts who all agree with each other, who believe that saying things like the election was rigged is the sign of a right wing extremist. They all agree, <coughs> and you wouldn't believe, you wouldn't believe it. <coughs> we locked them in there. We locked them in there with a pot of coffee. We locked them in there with a pot of coffee and a big plate of biscuits, and we said to them, "Okay, see what you can come up with." And it turns out, when they were let out of the room, they all agreed with one another. There was consensus. We now have scientific consensus. Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it wonderful? It makes me so happy. <laughs> At the online conference, participants characterised the shift as a mass radicalisation. Newman said it, uh, the issues keeps her, uh, keep her up at night, worrying about where the country is heading. She talked about family members who've gone down the right-wing rabbit hole of disinformation. She said conversations with them require patience and negotiation such as laying out her conditions for coronavirus safety protocols at family gatherings. She sounds like a fucking barrel of laughs, doesn't she, this one? <laughs> hey? She sounds like a... She sounds like she's a lot of fun. <laughs> let's go state. Let's go to Arnie's house for Christmas. You line up... You have to line up out the front six feet apart from one another. Winning TV with a diamond, dlive.tv slash winning TV. Glad censorship was handled by true... Oh, shit. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. Winning TV, ladies and gentlemen. Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. <laughs> so this is how she deals with her right-wing friends who have gone down the disinformation rabbit hole. She strictly enforces coronavirus... Uh, safety protocols at her own own home for family gatherings. That'll show them. That'll show them. That'll prove to them that everything they believe is wrong. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, if I make everybody dip their hands into a vat of hand sanitizer stand six feet apart wherever they're around, uh, don't let them use the same bathroom, ban them from, make sure that nobody sings, make sure that no more than six people are in the kitchen at any one time. If I enforce all of these rules and guidelines in my own home, then I'm sure the people who are coming to my home who don't believe in these rules and guidelines will be convinced. I'm sure that I will convince them that I am correct by doing all of these things. Ladies and gentlemen, this person is an expert analyst. <laughs> they, can't, they can't even analyse their own social situations, let alone the social situations of a country of over 320 million fucking people. <laughs> 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 
If I enforce all of the rules that my right-wing friends say are ridiculous, then my right-wing friends will start to believe me that the rules are correct. Okay. What are you giving your talk about today? Radicalization of the right wing. Okay, this should be good. Tell you what, I'm going to tape it and watch it later. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Thank you for keeping me safe. All right. With that, ladies and gentlemen, going to take a quick five-minute potty break. When we return, so much more to get through. Thank you for joining us on this Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Stick around. Narcissistic, and most importantly, completely pointless. Come waste an hour of your week with The Starting Block, Friday nights Australian time at dlive.tv forward slash The Starting Block. Get in touch with us on Twitter at The Starting Block, no K at the end. Also, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes by searching for The Starting Block, or one word, or on Podbean at startingblock.podbean.com. Join the Blockheads, tuning in in their millions right around the world. My name is Frozen Asian, and I like to tell you about my show, The Sunday Night Shit Show, every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, along with the good conversations and laughing at funny and weird shit we find on the internet. We also have The Hat Cam, where I showcase my myriad of great-looking hats. Here is a testimonial from a great friend of mine who has enjoyed my hats lately. I I hope your next hat is a bullet. Jesus Christ! What are you fucking Asian dick crazy? You. You have to ruin my evening. Like I, I was just gonna just listen, you know, listen to my buds do their show, and you, you gotta, you just gotta do this. Without the hat. So you're not enjoying it? No. <laughs> Dude, Asian uh, come Dick on, Tracy. I really enjoy it. You look no. like you're going undercover in, in Argentina, but it's now working. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. I hate oh, come on, you secretly love it. No, no, I openly hate it. <laughs> <laughs> And there you have it. Uh, so subscribe to the Sunday Night Shit Show at youtube.com slash Sunday Night Shit Show. And uh, hope to see you there on Sunday nights. Bye. Aloha and welcome to Pirate Radio, Ladies of Liberty, the hot seat. Or maybe this is my daily traffic report. I don't know. As you can tell, I, I seem to have a problem with commitment to one type of platform. I, I think doctors refer to that as uh, ADD. Uh, but anyways, if you want to follow any of those shows, you want to catch me live every single day of the week, you can follow me at Real Person Politics. That's Real Person P-L-T-C-S. Aloha. Another ain't no rest for the wicked Until we close our eyes for good
weeknights. Join my good self, UK Neil, over at DLive for the Great Awakening Show. That's over on DLive at DLive.tv stroke UK Neil. Get yourself out of that matrix and get over to the Great Awakening. This Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More Sometimes right away. this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. Coming back. Welcome back. Forget online dating. Hey, site. that's not what I wanted to do. Hey, that's better. Coming back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Thank you for joining us. Second half of the program. Let's pretend like nothing went wrong there. <laughs> always happens it always happens if i take like one show off it's there's always a little bit of rust that's how quickly i um you know if i'm not keeping a regular schedule doing this that's how quickly i'll descend into just complete incompetence a couple of days max coffee talk with sandra with the diamond welcome back well thank you so much thank you so much you got a sneak peek of our first item here because there is some there is some more serious stuff that i wanted to get to tonight but First of all, before we do, I want to give everybody hope because, like, Christmas is a time when, uh, you know, there's a lot of loneliness out there. People are wanting some companionship. It's understandable. You know, we made a joke before about suicide at Christmas, and that was wrong. We shouldn't have done that. But it's true. Like, you know, suicide rates are very high around the holidays and stuff. It's a pretty shitty time for a lot of people. So I thought the best way to address this on the show, to show that we care, is to show... Uh, a woman who is searching for holiday love in the aisles of her local hardware store. To give everybody hope. That it's not that difficult. Not that difficult to find love. Let's have a look at this. Because on this show, we love love. We celebrate love. We hate hate and we love love. Just want to make that clear. Welcome back. Forget online dating sites okay, and apps forgotten. like Tinder. This eligible bachelorette's looking for love in the aisles of her local hardware store. Jim hey. <laughs> N-word in the chat with a good point. Like how men try to pick up women in the grocery store? No, Jim, it's nothing like that. No, see, when, when men try to pick up women in the grocery store, Jim, that's that's called pre-rape. That's the moment of pre-rape. You know, if any man, if you're a young lady and a man tries to approach you in a supermarket setting or at a bar, for example, or some one of these places which are referred to as pickup joints, then I think it's your responsibility to, if you don't have uh, mace available, it's your responsibility at that moment to scream hysterically and ask for somebody to protect you. Yes, exactly. Thank you, Jim. Jim's been re-educated, everyone. Uh, yes, I get it now. This is empowerment. Exactly. That's what it is. It's empowerment, Jim. <laughs> I'm just so happy today. 
I'm happy to be back streaming. I'm happy that all you guys came back. And I'm just, I'm in that mood. And maybe Christmas is the time. Maybe Christmas really is at the time, you know, that everybody just needs to relax. You know, like take the take the election for example. For my American brothers and sisters, I know how how this is fucking grinding on you. Uh, this is from the out from an outsider perspective. This is it looks like it's tearing the most uh, powerful nation on earth. It looks like it's tearing it apart at the seams. So it's not fucking pretty. And we we can't have that here in Australia, by the way. America, you know, cousin America, get your fucking shit together. We need you. We need you to be in the game on this fucking thing, okay? We can't win the game without you. We need you out there on the field. So, because if you go down the shitter, we, you know, if we we are we are attached to your success by the ankle with a chain. If you go down the shitter, we're fucking going down too. So, don't you dare! I need you to get your shit together, and I need you to stop fucking around, okay? Just fix it. I don't care. I don't care how you do it. Just fix it. Whatever needs fixing, just fucking get it done. And get back to not tearing yourself apart, please. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. I'll, I'll see, see you in hell. hell. So, you know, all of these... I, I forget my fucking main point. Comment talk with Sandra with a diamond. We are so happy you are back. You mean the world. To, well, that's very kind of you. Thank you, Coffee Talk with Sandra. That's very kind and embarrassing. <laughs> So, you know, it's. I love this stuff because it's important. It's an important time to come together and heal and find love. And if you can find love in the supermarket, then by all means, go for it. And she's not the only one. Yep. Yeah, I definitely call them dud dates. 26 and unlucky in love. There is no conceivable reason on planet Earth that this woman should struggle to find a date if she really wants one. She could walk out of the set wherever they're filming this, you know, if it's somebody's house or a hotel or a salon, whatever, it doesn't matter. She, she could walk out of that room, right, and if she closed her eyes and continued walking, she would in no, in no time whatsoever bump into a man who would be willing to have sex with her. It wouldn't. It's not a stretch for this one. So I, I, I so this is part of the reason I love Australian media for stuff like this because we really are so funny like this. These kinds of stories, we, we, we're suckers for this kind of shit here in this country. I can't explain it. I don't know why. But these kinds of things are very popular here. I don't know why. <laughs> I told you, I'm not. I'm not from this planet. I don't understand anything here. It's all it's all strange to me. The struggle is very real. <laughs> Wet sandwich with a diamond. Thank you for joining us. She wants a handyman, of course. Of course she does. Of course she does. All right, let's have a look. Unlucky in love. DIY, hair and beauty, maintenance at the gym. Single world is hard work. Just ask Leash Cunningham. I've had a lot of feedback of people saying, you know, the struggle's real, I feel you. (laughs) (laughs) Who posted, who posted in the chat, the struggle is real? Who did that? Follow Q, ladies and gentlemen. Well done. (laughs) He, He fucking nailed it. 
Well done. <laughs> the struggle is real. Let's go. Uh, you're not the only one, which makes me feel better. Yep. Even for a go-getter, that song go is proving hard to find. And not everyone wants their How We Met story to be we both swiped right. It's a great idea in theory, and I've heard many people have found success through the dating app, so I won't give it to them. Um, I have found, though, that it's just not for me. I like her because I, I don't like the dating apps either. If, if, if for whatever reason I were to become single again in the future, which I pray never happens because, God, it just looks like such a fucking cesspit out there. <laughs> it looks like such a miserable, lonely fucking cesspit out there, and I wouldn't want any part of it. I'm quite comfortable now. It's, it's, I'm happy being comfortable. Comfortable is good for me. So if I, if through happenstance or tragedy or whatever, I should ever become single again in the future, there's no way that I'll be using uh, apps. No, no, I can't do that. I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> I just, I've never liked the idea of that. I would have to meet someone face to face. I would have to meet someone face to face and like try and, you know, make them feel awkward and giggle nervously or something. And then I would know, okay, this is worth pursuing. You can't do that on a fucking, you know, you can't do that with swiping. I, I lose all of my edge. <laughs> if it's just if it's just a contest of who looks better on the phone, I fucking lose. I come like very near the end of the pack. So I have to find another way to set myself apart, right? <laughs> Can't do that on an app. I'm too fucking ugly. <laughs> Come on, let's carry on here. It's too broad of a range and yep. you don't really get to know someone online. So that's why I took for the more traditional approach and thought face-to-face -face is the better better way to go about it. With the app shelved, Leash has taken a more organic approach to find that, well, perfect man. Coming to Bunnings to find a husband. And what better place than the do-it-yourself kings, Bunnings, where they say there's something... For Bunnings, Bunnings is based for my American friends, Bunnings is essentially like our Home Depot. And I'm not even like a handyman. I'm far from a handyman, Mr. Fix-It kind of guy. I can't do that shit. I can like, you know, I can defrag your computer. <laughs> I can do that. Um, I can, I can set up, you know to stream from your computer to your television and Bluetooth your speakers in and all that. I can do that kind of shit. That's fine. I can wire things up. Sound systems. Yep, can do that. Uh, but if you're asking me to fix a window jam or something, I'm just going to look at your dumb and go, oh, I don't know. So even me with this very non-handyman kind of, um, you know, skill set, even I can wander around Bunnings your version, our version of Home Depot. Even I can walk around that fucking store for two hours and feel like at the end of it, having not purchased anything, can feel like at the end of it that I've just blacked out, like I've lost time. You know how people with head injuries can just lose time from time to time? And you're just there for a couple of hours. You don't even know what. I'll just walk around and like look at timber. <laughs> there is something inside of us that makes the hardware store very appealing. All of these gadgets and you know, parts and tools and screws and nails and bolts and wrenches and wood and barbecue products and garden products and all of these things. There's something about that environment that just, it, we turn into like zombies. I do anyway. 
Jim Enward, can you mount a monitor books? I have I have four mounted monitors. Thank you very much. I have four of them. <laughs> can I mount a monitor? I can also hang it on the wall. Or from the desk. Right. Wanted, looking for a husband, can you help? For everyone. Everybody loves counter buddies. <laughs> Lying off the shelves if we have any bubby in the back corner on the left. Back corner, back corner, back corner. Probably not your, your typical place that you'd go, but um, I have had a lot of comments and a lot of feedback that I'm not the only one that's tried Bunnings to try and find a partner. This is good because this is some good, like, if you read between the lines here, guys, you're getting advice. <laughs> what this young lady is essentially saying that um, if you see a young, attractive girl in a hardware store just kind of standing there looking looking around on her own, it means that she wants to have sex with you. <laughs> it means that she is ready to be approached. This is this is the hardware store version of presenting in the animal kingdom. She she's there, she is displaying her feathers and her flower to you. And it's <laughs> And it is your responsibility to go up to any single woman in a hardware store you see immediately and start accosting her for her phone number. That's what's happening. If you're smart enough, you'll get that. Minister of Fun, Kimmy with a diamond. She just wants a sausage sandwich. Get it? <laughs> Thank you, I'm here all week. You can hear me in the back. Stay away from the Sparkies. Love, Jim Edward. <laughs> Leash says shopping at Bunnings for a husband has its perks. Uh -huh. Real men are generally tradies. I don't want to say they'd be handy, but uh, you never know. And it seems all the single ladies agree. Oh, Since uploading her awesome. DIY Find Me a Fella videos to social media, the suggestions of the right aisles and peak tradie times have been building. Leisha's search for love now viral. So I've tried gardening. Uh, that was my first approach. Okay. Tried plumbing. I did try the... Oh, uh, look, see, I can already see issues here. Now, I wouldn't start with the gardening section because what you'll find in the gardening section... It's mainly old. It's mostly older people. It's mostly older people because you got to think like the twenty-year-olds. She's twenty-six, right? So I'm I'm guessing anywhere anyone in the range of let's say twenty-two that might be very young. Let's say anywhere in the range from like twenty-three to thirty-five is probably where she's going to be. What she's zooming in on, you know what I mean? Which is fine. That's a good range. So I would suggest that in the it depends what time you go as well, though. If you're going in the afternoon, the garden section is not going to be what's hip. <laughs> you might get... You'll get younger people in the garden section on a weekend morning or lunchtime, but not during the week. So that depends. It's mainly older men. Yeah, exactly. Kitty bear. She might want them older men. He is one good fuck away from... She's one good fuck away from an inheritance. <laughs> that you can finally move out of this fucking town. Now, the plumbing section is fraught with its own difficulties and challenges. Because as we all know, um, as we all know, plumbers already, the first issue you're going to have if you're trying to land a plumber in the hardware store is plumbers go to hardware stores to pick up things for jobs that they're doing, right? They're seldom there 
to, you know, peruse around for home improvement tips and ideas. They're, they're usually there to purchase some product, which means they're probably coming from a job site, which means they probably smell like human shit. So that's going to be the first obstacle I see with trying to latch a plumber, to lure a plumber in. He's probably stinking like shit, and he's probably the last thing he's thinking about is, you know, doing chat-up lines and shit. But who knows? He is a man, so whatever. Uh, winning TV saying go to the roofing section. I don't, I'm not even sure there is a roofing section, but I wouldn't suggest the roofing section either because the likelihood that eventually your man will fall off a ladder and not be able to use his penis anymore is it's, it's magnified in the roofing industry. <laughs> so if you're looking for long-term satisfaction, there's going to be a lot of sleepless nights if you marry a roofer, I'm afraid. Now, <laughs> somebody's, we've already ruled out the electrician, so the electrical section isn't good. You know what I'd do? I would, if I were, if I were desperately seeking companionship and I was at the hardware store, I would hang around outside the employee's coffee room <laughs> and just wait, uh, just wait for the manager to walk out. There you go. Here's one. <laughs> Get the get the guy who runs the joint. <laughs> Wouldn't be that hard. Just you know, find out where the, the the nearest store door is to the coffee room, and then stand around there, look, stand out there looking all confused with your, you know, push your titties out a little bit, get a little short skirt, go. Oh my god, I can't find the paintbrush. I I got I got paint thinner all over me. It's oil based. Oh my god, it's icky. You know, he'll go like, oh, do you want me to give you a lift home? Well, I'll take care. Yeah, put a little bit of thought into it. Um, anyway, good luck, young, good young, good good luck, young lady. I hope you find all the love that you deserve and more. Let's. This is a good little one. This is a good little one. Facebook makes exception to political ad ban for Georgia runoffs, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for keeping me safe, Facebook. Remember, in the aftermath of the 2020 presidential election. I said to you, you watch, now they're going to push. Like, so, so I said, you know, this is the thing. People are fucking celebrating that they didn't lose the Senate now. Because, you know, you've got to find a positive aspect of, of the whole ordeal. I get that. But I was saying, like, the day that people were making these accusations, like these, you know, statements on Twitter, oh, you, we got it, we held the Senate, it's all good, fuck them. I'm like, hang on. <laughs> because the way it's looking is, there's going to be two runoffs in Georgia and they would already be printing mail-out mail ballots for this. Now, they're printing them right now. I said this weeks ago. So be careful because they're going to push for every single election to be majority mail-in ballots. And if I was, uh, if I were the Democrats, that's exactly what I would be doing. It's exactly, you know why? Because politically it favours them. <laughs> Most most people who uh, utilize the mail-in ballot system are Democrats. It's just a fact. And until that changes, having more mail-in ballots will favor Democrats statistically. So I don't know. if You might see a conspiracy theory in that, but if you do, fucking good luck to you. You'll need to explain it to me, the person who is apparently putting the conspiracy theory out there, because I, I wouldn't understand it. So anyway, I said, you watch. They're going to be pushing for mail-in ballots. Uh, the Georgia runoff, it's going to come down. Like, this guy was, you know, 30,000 in front, and now 
that it had to be within what one percent or something or two percent uh no he just had to get more than 50 percent of the vote to avoid a runoff and it was like he was 60 55 52 and then it was like 49.9 and like oh well we need a runoff now days later like you could see it coming and then you got this situation of a whole bunch of people saying refuse to vote for the republicans it's like okay vote for whoever you want i don't care but if you say if you say refuse to vote for the republicans right for whatever reason you 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 lose your privilege of accusing uh, you lose your privilege of saying that the election was rigged after the fact okay just want you to know that if if you've been going out there and saying you shouldn't vote for the republicans because you're because you're angry about the presidential election then if they lose, I'm not saying they will, but if they lose, you're not allowed to go on social media then and say it's rigged. You cannot do that. Because you you would have been one of the ones telling people not to vote in the first place. So you don't get to say, oh, it's only because the Democrats cheated. <laughs> right? Make a choice. So I've been saying for, for weeks, like they're going to send out the mail-in ballots. Well, it's good, good news, ladies and gentlemen. Facebook will allow on Wednesday political ads for the Georgia runoff elections, but said the social media site will continue to enforce banned posts intended to delegitimize the contests. Here's that ambiguous language coming in again, ladies and gentlemen. We will continue to prohibit any ad that includes content debunked by third-party fact-checkers or the Georgia for the Georgia runoff elections, ladies and gentlemen. Third-party fact-checkers. Debunked. Early voting for the January 5 elections begins this week. The races will determine which party controls the Senate. Facebook also said it has developed a system to allow advertisers to access voters in Georgia while still blocking ads that target locations outside the state. Facebook and Google decided ahead of the 2020 presidential election, listen to this, to limit political ads on their platforms to reduce what its fact-checkers have flagged as disinformation. There was, a, there was a reason that they were constantly accusing you of spreading misinformation, spreading disinformation, Russian disinformation. There's a reason that this was a story for the last two years. It was for justification of, you know, this, this loose... Uh, you know, this this loose classification of a group, of, a batch of information that may say a, a certain thing or have a certain take on something, we were just then able to flag all of it as disinformation and then whoosh, gone. So now that term is out there, anything that hits a, a certain trigger point is going, whoosh, disinformation, whoosh, disinformation, get out of here, you're out of here, right? But they're now reversing this policy for the mail-in ballot system of the Georgia runoff election. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it fantastic? All right. Uh, this one I thought was very cute. Because here on this show, ladies and gentlemen, we take coronavirus very seriously. We're very happy that the vaccine, a rushed vaccine, where most vaccines take somewhere in the vicinity of between four and ten years to produce, this one has been... Uh, you know, in the tool shed for about 18 months and they've knocked it up. They, you know, they've spat on the outside and given it a rub, kicked the tires and they've sent her out on the road. So we're very happy that this rush vaccine is now, uh, you know, there are now threats being made that 
you, you won't be able to have a job and stuff if you don't take this rush vaccine. We're very happy about this taking place because it's about keeping everybody safe. Uh, so I came across this video. Remember last week how we read a story from, I believe it was the Washington Post, and it was basically an editorial, and the argument was uh, black people are justifiably wary of the vaccine. You know, we, their trust needs to be earned. But that was the black people. So they have their own issues with vaccine. Now, if I'm afraid to say, if you're a white person and you have issues with the vaccine, then you are probably more than likely... Uh, in the grips of some kind of right-wing extremism or mass radicalization, embracing of conspiracy theories, which will no doubt lead to you potentially being the target of a right-wing terrorist organization, ladies and gentlemen. So just so you're aware of that. But if you're black, you're sweet. You're, you're justifiably wary. You're allowed to be cautious, but the white people are not. I hope we got that clear. Yes, exactly. They're vaccine hesitant. They're not anti-vax, mucus flame brain in the chat. They are vaccine hesitant. That's correct. Well done. You learned very well. Somebody's been paying attention. Ten stars for you, mucus flame brain. You go to the head of the class. Fantastic. So, so I found this video very cute of um, a bunch of women explaining why you're not allowed to ask questions about the vaccine. Let's have a look. All I'm going to say is that if you've ever eaten a McDonald's chicken nugget, you cannot question what's in the coronavirus vaccine. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Good point. You can't argue with that logic. Can't argue with that. If you've ever eaten a chicken nugget, if you've had one chicken nugget in your lifetime, right? If you've had one chicken nugget, you are not allowed. To, you're, you need to just roll up to that vaccination booth, roll up that sleeve, pump that fucking vein out, and get the needle as quickly as possible. You're not allowed to question the vaccine. Exactly. Henry in the chat. It's science. <laughs> this is very scientific. Hey, have you ever had a chicken nugget? Yeah, I've had a few. I like them. Good. You're not allowed to say no to the vaccine. Huh? Isn't that kind of a non sequitur? <laughs> What's a non sequitur? Are you calling me a racist? <laughs> Let's carry on. Bum, 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 bum. Am I going to get the vaccine? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Am I worried about what's in it? Not really. I mean, I've probably had like a thousand slices of American cheese in my lifetime, and what the fuck is that made out of? Milk, predominantly. <laughs> what the fuck is cheese made out of? <laughs> I, never, I never thought about it. I think the cheese fairy brings it. What the fuck is cheese made out of? <laughs> Frozen Asian in the chat with a very dangerous conspiracy theory. Thank you for joining us, Frozo, by the way. DLive.tv slash Sunday Night Chicho. Um, aren't we supposed to question and hypothesize in science? Frozo, what the fuck? Are you, what, sort of a, what sort of a Hitlerian nightmare are you trying to perpetuate here in this chat? 
the hell is wrong with you? We don't accept that kind of conspiracy nonsense here, Frozo. Exactly. Winning TV. Now correctly uh, calling Frozo a science denier. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to take the vaccine. I don't even like this. Look at the way this fucking video is described here on Twitter. Look at this. (laughs) Quote. If you've ever eaten a McDonald's chicken nugget, you cannot question what's in the coronavirus vaccine. These TikTokers are shutting down anti-vaxxers in the most hilarious way. With these clapbacks. <laughs> imagine this imagine living in this fucking world. Imagine in imagine living in a world where you think you're like getting the better of somebody by admitting you don't know where cheese comes from. Like, we have come full fucking circle on this victim shit. We, we now have people say openly telling you, I don't know what cheese is made out of, therefore I'm going to take the vaccine. And they promote it like it's good. They promote it like these are the, these people are clapping back the anti-vaxxers with witty retorts. It's not witty. She doesn't even know what fucking cheese is. She's an idiot. <laughs> She's a fucking moron. <laughs> It's not, it's, it's not witty and, and you know, it's not witty and imaginative and off the cuff and funny and brutal and honest and empowering. The fucking chick was like, the chick compared vaccines to chicken nuggets. She's a fucking idiot. She's not smart, but they promote it like it is. And then you have other idiots who rally, rally behind these idiots. So, oh my God, did you see my girl? Did you check my fucking girl out, man? She was like, she was, they was all like, man, you can't take a vaccine because that shit is like, that's bad for you. And she was like, fuck no, man. Like, I'm telling you, I don't even know what fucking cheese is. <laughs> and I was like, oh, damn. Fuck yeah, bro. I don't even know what cheese is, motherfucker. I'm ready for this. <laughs> ready to take this vaccine i'm ready to take this cocktail of toxins and <laughs> chemicals diseases in order to kickstart my immune system to help me deal with the current crisis i'm ready for that i don't even know what cheese is how can i possibly go wrong <laughs> i have no idea fucking good i need it Good for, good for them. They're so clever. It gets better. It gets better. Re- remember, keep in mind what I was just telling you about, like, how we're celebrating. We're actually openly celebrating stupid stupidity now, right? We're openly celebrating, like, vapid, vacuous nonsense. <laughs> now, I'll take the vaccine because I don't even know what cheese is. And everyone's like, man, what a fucking vicious takedown. We're all standing here on our shrinking island of sanity, looking at each other, going, "I don't, I don't get it. I don't think I, I what, what? I don't think I get it. She just sounds like a stupid person. <laughs> That's what's left of us. We're being surrounded by the Walking Dead here. Right, let's carry on. Keep, keep that in mind, though. Listen to this next one. I'm 
am I gonna get the coronavirus vaccine? Fuck yeah. Am I worried about what's in it? No, because one time in New York City, I was at a rooftop bar and I took a shot that I found in the bathroom and I roofied myself. So this can't be the worst. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you and good night. Game over, right? (laughs) Where where to begin with this one? Where should we start with this one here? (laughs) How about how about this? How about this? Here's what I'm thinking, and then you tell me if I'm on the right track or not. Now, this person drank a shot of whiskey that they found, a random, you know, glass of alcohol that they found in a toilet. (laughs) In the toilets, in the toilet of what, uh, it was, where was it? She found it in the bathroom. It could have been like at a party. I'm assuming it was a lot of people there because, because we weren't able to attribute ownership of the drink to somebody because we couldn't tell who it was i'm going to assume that it was a pretty busy party so so we found that we found the random drink in the toilet and we decided to wolf it down (laughs) we then roofied ourselves because of it so we date raped ourselves by drinking random alcohol that was not intended for us now Because we had this life experience. Remember, you're not allowed to deny anybody's life experience here, especially not on this show. We don't tolerate that. That's bannable. (laughs) Think about what a hero this is. Now, because of this experience of drinking the random alcohol found in the toilet and roofing ourselves, we are now of the belief that we can take the coronavirus. We don't even need to know what is in the coronavirus because, hey, Drinking the random drugged alcohol from the toilet wasn't what it, that was as bad as it's going to get. So, how bad can the vaccine possibly be? Okay, that's the logic at play here. But I ask, I counter with my own logic, sweetheart, and that is if, if you are so boastful about being able to consume roofied random alcohol from a toilet and survive. Why are you worried about the virus in the first place? <laughs> you had no idea where that glass was. You had no idea what was in it and you just fucking drank it. You found it in the toilet. <laughs> toilet booze. Sucking down toilet booze where you didn't know, didn't know the source of it. Why do you even care about coronavirus? Hell yeah, I'm taking the vaccine. I drank random alcohol I found in a toilet and it drugged me. <laughs> I need this vaccine immediately to keep me safe. It's bizarre. Don't you don't you think this is all strange, baby? I'm not uh, you know, I don't want to say evil. I'm sure there are lots of evil people who are using this in ways to you know, extend their own wealth or their own influence or whatever. But I'm not sure people like this are evil. I don't think they are. <laughs> I just think they're very... And they're less than smart. I drank toilet booze <laughs> so I could take the vaccine. And 
That's why I find it all bizarre and strange. It's I don't think it's all evil, but there's definitely a lot of this. This is just strange behaviour for people to do. Strange things to be celebrating. Um, look at this one. I know a lot of people have already seen this already, but the empowerment is getting to ridiculous levels now, isn't it? We're, we're now forgetting everything that we used to care about, right? We're forgetting, we're forgetting all of uh, the little social norms. Like, for example, don't follow somebody around a store and threaten them for no reason. We've forgotten about that. We used to agree that that was a bad thing to do. But now, in the, pursu- in the pursuit of enforcing COVID safety, people are, you know, people are empowered to do it. I said on this show again, you know, fucking what, six, seven months ago, that citizens are going to be deputized. Do you remember? We had these discussions because people would come up to me and say, people would join in the chat every time, every, uh, from time to time, or they would say to me in private, uh, Boogs, you're wrong about this fucking mask laws and the, the lockdown laws and the, the rules that they're going to put in shops and stuff and closing them down. You're wrong about all this because the police can't enforce it. And I remember specifically saying on this show, the police won't have to enforce it. They'll just make people enforce it themselves. Citizens will enforce it. Everybody feels like they've been deputized. So people are calling up the police on their neighbors. They're harassing people in public places, trying to tell them to follow the rules. This guy's not a cop. He's not a security guard. He's just another fucking asshole in a store. These fuckers feel they these fuckers feel empowered and deputized by the state now to become you know their for for want of a a better reference to become their kind of, you know, brown shirts. To go around and do their bidding in a populist fashion. Right? So, you know, just ignore all decency and stuff. Let's have a look at this. Get away Put from me. Put your fucking mask on. I'm sorry. You can walk away from me right now, sir. Put your mask on. Get away from Put me. Put it please. on. Does it bother anybody else that she doesn't have to wear a mask that we all do? This is, this is, this, I fucking swear to God, this is... <laughs> Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Uh here we go. Oh yes, this this is perfect. Here we here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, 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 okay, you're checked in. Yeah, thank you. Here's your AIDS ribbon. Uh, no thanks. You don't want to wear an AIDS ribbon? Uh, no, no. But you have to wear an AIDS ribbon. I have to. Yes. Yeah. See, that's why Seinfeld I don't want was to. the best. But man. everyone wears the ribbon. You must wear the ribbon. <laughs> what you are? You are a ribbon bully. Yeah. Ribbon bully. Hey, you! Come back here! Come back here and put this on. So this part here. So in this part here, uh, Kramer gets confronted by two uh, homosexual men, who start getting angry at him and f- like following him around, demanding that he puts on the ribbon. Okay, so hang on. Let's go back to our first guy here. Now, keep this in your mind. Walk away from me right now, sir. Put your mask on. Get away from me. Put it please. on. Does it bother anybody else that she doesn't have to wear a mask that we all do? Just go away. Stay six feet away from me, then. No. Get away from me. No. Yeah. Get please on. get away from me right now. No. You don't need to come near me. She has it on her damn hand. Get away from me. Walk away from me, sir. Please get away from me. You just know, though, like, you just you can just tell this is the kind of person, right, 
if they were following you around a store like this and getting up your ass and you did something like, I don't know, walked around a corner into an aisle where nobody else was and then just turned around and fucking popped him on the jaw, like nothing, no, nothing too hard, just fucking whack, fuck off, you know? If you did something like that, he'd be the one, he'd be the one as like, uh, a gay man was assaulted in Home Depot today. A gay man was assaulted by a... This is now considered a hate crime. You'd get 50 years in prison for it, right? You would get the chair for a hate crime. You'd become a figure of hate in the media instantly. And he'd be going... He'd be showing everyone his black eye, right? And he'd be going on all the things... It's like, well, I was just concerned about mask safety... And this man, totally unprovoked, attacked me because I'm gay. <laughs> you just know that's what would happen. So anyway, keep that in mind. He's following her around. Now check this out. Seinfeld, ladies and gentlemen, predicting the future. I won't wear a ribbon. Who? <laughs> Who doesn't want to wear the ribbon? <laughs> so, what's it going to be? Are you going to wear the ribbon? No. Oh, never. But I'm wearing the ribbon. He's wearing the ribbon. We are all wearing the ribbon. So why aren't you going to wear the ribbon? This is America. I don't have to wear anything I don't want to wear. <laughs> what are we going to do with him? I huh? guess we're just going to have to teach him to wear the ribbon. <laughs> so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Wear the mask. Wear the mask. It's not that far different. Now, there was one other thing that I wanted to do because when, when I saw this video earlier today, um... It just made me think of, you know, those crime shows where they reenact things? Where they reenact crimes? Now, music plays such a role in these things. I just thought, what if I slow it down and play some spooky piano music behind it? Mute the audio. I wonder if it then turns into, like, the, the kind of video you would make if you were trying to reenact a rape on television. Right, so let's have a look. Let's see. Let's see if it passes the rape test. Okay, that's good. On the night of December 10th, Elizabeth Elizabeth was walking through her local Walmart when this man approached her. I told you, get in the fucking car. Get in the fucking car. Oh no, my God, leave me alone. Why won't they help me? He just kept following me and following me. I was running, but nobody would help me. He was relentless. He was shouting things like, I want to sniff your underwear. Get back here. I'm going to wait for you in the parking lot, bitch. coming for you. The shorts are a giveaway, aren't they? I reckon... I don't know. <laughs> I reckon it does the trick. What do you think? Cabaret in a chat. I like Boogie's woman voice. Thank you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, where are we going? How are we going for time? Do we have time? Do we have any more time? Okay, how about... 
How about this one? I'm sure a bunch of people have seen these videos already. And like I said, this just acts to the bizarre nature of it all. No sound on this one? These are, so these aren't COVID dancers because we've remember we've done COVID dancing. We've done COVID dancing already. That's the nurses in the wards, you know, twerking and whatnot. This is the vaccine dance. It's a different dance. Now, the vaccine dance is done predominantly outside because, you know, remember, if, you do, if you're doing any kind of strenuous activity, like, say, singing Christmas carols at your family dinner, for example, if you do anything like that, that could be deemed COVID unsafe or COVID risky at the very best. Uh, then you are probably in breach of some kind of guideline and probably should be arrested to keep the rest of us safe. So the vaccine dance has to be done outside in the open air where no diseases ever live. I just find all of this. I mean, you have to remember, if you're new to this program, we've been tracking this kind of thing since the beginning. So, you know, back in March, back in March, we were covering videos on this show of like little celebrity telethons and stuff. Remember how we would cover like the advertising? There was so much soft promotion of lockdown and like life in lockdown in the early days, like in say Jan, Feb, uh, March, April, like that general time frame. There was so much copy written and so many news clips about like, hey, lockdown is so awesome. You don't have to get out of your pajamas. You can have, you can drink wine with your lunch. Uh, you can just, you don't have to see all the people you don't like. Remember those were like constant stories. And we would ask on this show, man, why are they going out of their way so much to fucking promote this like it's a good thing? Why why the cover? Why are they running PR for this? And then the celebrities would come out and do like little fucking videos where they're all singing in their own homes and singing, you know, we are the world, we are the children or shit like that. And so why are they why are they doing such why are they working so hard to promote lockdowns, specifically lockdowns, as this great, wonderful experience that we're all just going to have to get through? Like, it's so much fun, right? It's so good. Why would they do that? And then nurses, like, dancing and those videos go viral. Of course they do. I don't know why, but apparently it's viral material. And now, now we've got like this vaccine worship taking place where boxes of vaccines are getting rolled into facilities and people are fucking, oh my God, cheering. They're crying, right? This is so wonderful. Oh my God, this is amazing. How can, oh my God, let's do a dance. It's just, it's, it's like watching a, the feeling I get from all of these when you add all of this stuff into the mix is it, it feels like watching a pantomime while the theater is burning down around you. You know, people 
getting their losing their businesses, losing their homes. They can't they can't go to funerals of loved ones if they're in in a different state. And this is very savage stuff that people are being subjected to. Losing their jobs, right? Just having your freedom. You know, police coming into your home and arresting you because you post something on Facebook. Kicking your door down because they think you're violating mask rules and stuff, right? There's a very, very extreme edge to a lot of this stuff that we haven't seen before in our time. But... (laughs) While this is taking place, the, the the popular culture narrative is the opposite. The popular the popular culture narrative is, hey, this is great, this is wonderful. I'm sitting in my pajamas, drinking wine, working from home. Uh, I'm watching a, I'm, I'm watching so much Netflix. I'm getting my food delivered. This is so great, right? Celebrities are like, do the right thing. This is good. Thank you so much. Corporate media is you know, putting the spotlight on people who just want to sell ribs or something, who just want their businesses open and be able to earn money, hunting them down like war criminals, you know what I mean? So when you add all of that in, that's where I get this feeling, like we're watching a pantomime while in reality the theatre is burning to the ground and people are screaming and, you know, their hair's falling out. Clothes are melting to their body as they try to run through the fire escape, and we're sitting like eating popcorn, watching the theater, watching the pantomime in front of us, going, hey, do, 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 do. This is so much fun. We're just sitting here in my pajamas, ordering Uber Eats. You know what I mean? I find it all bizarre and strange beyond my worst nightmares. But I guess you get that on the big jobs. With that, ladies and gentlemen. That brings us to the end of tonight's broadcast. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday night edition of the show. I'll be back on Friday night. Uh, just a quick little update. I'm, I've been trying to get uh, on Rusty's show for a while. It's my fault. Like we just, it's very difficult for us to find a time that we both align on. <coughs> so, you know, and the last couple of times I haven't been able to make it. So I've been a terrible friend to Rusty. So I am hoping that very soon I'll be able to sit down with Rusty and have a chat. And also this Friday night, ladies and gentlemen, Joy of Pessy, there may be a particular Australian podcaster that you may or may not listen to who may be on the Joy of Pessy program this Friday night. Holy shit. That was loud. Sorry about that. Ben K. Veritas with a diamond, the economic Nuremberg trials. That's a very nice reference. All right, we're just following orders here. We're just following orders. Thank you, Ben. So I may be, there may be uh, a certain Australian joining Joy of Pessy on Friday night, ladies and gentlemen, dlive.tv slash Joy of Pessy. Don't forget to follow our friends. Coffee Talk with Sandra, Rational Times coming up. Everybody's favourite lover of French women, Mersh, formerly of Twitter. Uh, he has been removed now. And we, we celebrate that, obviously. We want everybody removed because, uh, you know, having fun is probably dangerous and racist, if, any, if nothing else. So we, we have to do away with it. Um... <laughs> So don't forget, uh, JJ Stoner, Joy of Pessy, of course, Major Tom, Winning TV, Victor Von Schroom. Thank you so much uh, for the birthday gift tonight, Victor. That's very generous of you. Thank you to everybody who contributed on Streamlabs and thank you to everybody who contributed on DLive. And holy cow, I almost forgot to put something in the DLive chest. We must rectify this situation and open the chest immediately. Thank you for joining us. So yeah, I'll be back Friday night. uh, Starting block back on... Wow, I can't believe I said that without fucking it up. Starting block back on 
Friday morning as well. Early, early Friday morning. DLive.tv slash the starting block. One word drop the K at the end. And don't forget to follow all of our friends. Anyone else I may have forgotten. Winning TV tomorrow night at 6.30pm. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you got the Kimmy Show. Thursday night is the Kimmy Show. And with that, that's it. So uh, I'll see you all on Friday. Thank you to everyone who contributed. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter, Patreon, subscribe to the podcast, follow me on Twitter, at Boogie Bumper. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.